Do you want the secret to becoming a profitable entrepreneur? It's not working 80 hours a week. It's not missing out on all the fun stuff in life. It's not feeling overwhelmed or burned out. While becoming an entrepreneur does require hard work, don't get me wrong, it's not what's going to make your business successful. If you want to truly become a profitable entrepreneur, you need to learn how to master your mindset, evolve your skills, and market your services to your ideal customer. You must commit to mastery, become the best at what you do, and never stop learning. Becoming a profitable entrepreneur is 100% possible, and I will teach you how in my free five-day workshop, Profitable Entrepreneur. I want, you to, I want to personally invite you, podcast listener of mine, and you can sign up. The link is on the description of this podcast episode. See you there. Welcome to How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to telling the stories of women in business. In each episode, your host, Pauline Malubai, founder of Help Me Pauline and podcast producer, formerly of Google, chat with fellow female CEOs who left their 9 to 5 grind to own their time, own their finances, and own their joy. Listen in as they discuss candidly the challenges of being a business owner and share their hard-earned lessons and wisdom. Hello, friends. Welcome to How She Owns It, a podcast dedicated to female entrepreneurs and boss moms who left their nine to five to own their time, their finances, and their joy in life by building their own businesses. In this show, I have Rishanda Yates. Welcome to the show, Rishanda. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So tell our listeners a little bit about your journey and your story so far. Sure. My journey started with I was in a job that I thought I was supposed to love, basically. (laughs) I was an educator for 15 years and just got to a point where, you know, I was really burnt out and I was very unhealthy. My mental health suffered. And I had just gotten to a point where I was like, you know, something has got to change. And that ended up being a turning point for my life. I started thinking about what it would be like to work for myself and to, you know, have freedom of my schedule. And also I knew I wanted to get my health under control. That was in 2016, (laughs) you know, so that was about four years ago now. And now my life looks entirely different. I don't even recognize myself anymore, basically. (laughs) I think a lot of our listeners Um, can definitely resonate with that story. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. I mean, going on taking the, making the decision, first of all, to take this particular journey, I don't think I ever gave myself enough credit for how much bravery that takes. It really takes a lot of guts because you're going against so much, so much messaging that society sends your way, you know, so... It's a very courageous journey. <laughs> Tell me about that journey. Tell me about how you improve your health. I don't know about you, but when I was working in corporate, I realized that my health took a backseat a lot. And it was really sad that it took a backseat. So everyone gained weight because you're eating bad. 
you're not taking care of yourself with nutrition or with exercise or anything like that and you're kind of overworking and staying up late and all of that so i think it's a very common problem common issue for females and then we have the patriarchy who's always shoving a specific ideal body type so there's definitely a lot of pressures on a conscious and a subconscious level and then you don't have the time to take care of yourself (laughs) or to even self-care to even meet the ideal there's always this feeling of you're neglecting yourself and your appearance but you can't really win because you have to satisfy the ideal that you have to be a professional career woman as well yeah I would say absolutely 100%, you know, this feeling of needing to meet some type of standard, that is something that I absolutely went through. I think it, and it did so much harm. You know, I, I like that you mentioned like on a subconscious level even, because that's where things really changed for me is when I got that subconscious shift in my identity Before I even got there, you know, I just went through a long, long period of time where I thought that I wasn't good enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I didn't have the right body type. I didn't have the right skin color. I didn't have the right clothes, you know. I remember I would watch these shows, like kind of guilty pleasure shows. There was this one that I would watch and it was all of these girls who were supposedly in high school, but really they were like, you know, adults. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they would just, you know, they would always, they would just, they would have like perfect by societal standards, these perfect body types, they would have perfect hair, Mm -hmm. perfect makeup, perfect clothes all the time. And it never occurred to me what that was doing to my psyche until much, much later when I was able to really unpack all of that. But I just remember like sitting, watching an episode on television and a commercial comes on and all of a sudden I'm thinking, I need to lose weight. I need to go on a diet. I need to do this and that. And my mind starts going off about all this stuff that I need to change about myself. And then it was like, whoa, where did that come from? You know? And I realized I had just been sitting here consuming all of these messages and they were seeping in. And then bam, a commercial comes on telling me, hey, you want to fix all that? You know? (laughs) And so... The cool thing is around this time when I decided to leave my job and take care of myself, I was starting to learn some ideas that would help me to understand how marketing messaging works, how that affects me. And so I started to learn a lot of things that helped empower me to basically take ownership of this. And I think like that is the the biggest thing that I've learned through that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so tell me a little bit now how you transition into starting your own thing. Tell me a little bit more about, have you left corporate? Have you left your job? Yeah, a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah. So what's the Um, next part of the journey? Yeah. So I would say that right now I'm still in the messy middle of it, but it started off messy from the very beginning. You know, I didn't really know what I was going to do when I was leaving teaching. I knew that I wanted to help people as so many of us do. That's why we Mm. take this journey. That's why we step out in the first place. Uh But I wasn't sure how it was going to look. And I ended up like my husband, he has had a window cleaning company for a while now. And so I ended up going over and helping him and helping with the side of it that he wasn't really big on, like managing people and managing the money and stuff like that. So I took on that role. 
And I just kind of hung out there for a while. Going from there was, I realized I needed to like work on myself, you know? I ended up taking a journey that helped me to learn that I had an eating disorder. And I found out that I had something called binge eating disorder. And I never, I didn't know it was a thing. I just Mm -hmm. knew that I was struggling with food, my body image, my weight for most of my life. I had yo-yo dieted for many years Mm -hmm. and I was binging for over 10 years. For our listeners who don't know what it is, can you explain a little bit more? And I'm pretty sure some of our listeners may even have it. It's quite common, but undiagnosed. Right. Maybe if you can just give an overview of what it is and maybe someone might hear it and be like, oh, that sounds like me. I should go to the doctor kind of thing. Sure. Yes. So the main characteristics of binge eating disorder is one of the top ingredients is shame. Yeah. So like to make a distinction, you know, so one person might like eat a pint of ice cream because they're feeling a little down or whatever. And then the next day they might wake up and think, oh, you know, I just don't feel so good. I probably should have done that. And then they move on with their lives, right? Whereas someone like me who struggled with binge eating disorder, I would, first of all, I would be eating the pint of ice cream while being ashamed of myself for eating it and then feeling like I needed to do something about that pint of ice cream because I felt so ashamed. And I would either go one of two ways. I would either start trying to basically purge it Mm -hmm. and purging takes, you know, that you can have a lot of different meanings of purging. It can be actual purging, like people are familiar with, with bulimia. It might be over-exercising it might be restricting for a long period of time, like even days at a time. Or you might actually just binge even more. So for me, that's what I tended to do. I would go through the cycles of eating something that I thought I shouldn't eat, feeling ashamed of myself for it, and then binge eating tons more of it. I'm eating like thousands of calories in one sitting, you know, eating an entire family-sized bag of potato chips or whatever. Usually that was followed by trying to restrict myself. And basically, I never felt at ease. I never felt like I was just good. I I never felt like I was just okay. Mm -hmm. I was constantly thinking about food. And that is the mental part of it. And how were you diagnosed? What triggered your diagnosis? Actually, I didn't get a medical diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And this is actually another pretty common thing. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because just doctors are still catching up to what it's really like. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people actually Mm self-diagnose by hearing other people who have the same problem. And that can be very empowering because when you hear that, that releases a lot of the shame from it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. 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 So it depends on the person about how they proceed to get help for that. Because like a lot of people, well, I'll just speak for myself. I found so much power in a community of people who have the same struggle and being able to get guidance through it while having that support. But I think like you know, everybody's different. So 
and I'm kind of getting into like a different track of conversation right now. So feel free to rein me in. But I think some people really benefit from more scientific ways of thinking, like they're more analytical and they're more like fact based. So it's really a matter of finding what works for you. So if someone's listening to this and thinking, okay, I think I may have it. What steps could they take to help themselves? Through binge eating, I would say the first thing is to do a self-diagnosis. So there's two questions that you can ask yourself. One is, if you feel like you might binge, are you able to stop if you have an honest desire to stop? Like you really do want to stop yourself? Do you have control over it? Do you feel like you have control over it in that moment? And do you have control over how much you eat and you binge? Or do you feel like you're just completely out of control? You say you're going to have one bite, but it ends up being an entire package of cookies or whatever. If you say, no, I have absolutely no control over how much I eat and I cannot stop myself, then that's a sign that you might have binge eating disorder. And at that point, you can do a couple of different things. You can go seek medical advice. You can go to a doctor and say, hey, you know, this is something that I'm concerned about. Can you kind of help me, point me in the right direction, give me some resources? There's free resources available. And I feel like a lot of people don't share this. And I think it's Mm -hmm. so important because binge eating can be so destructive, kind of like drugs and alcohol. It really can. And it can really destroy your entire life. And like 12 step programs, you know, like those are available for people who struggle with this and they're completely free. And you just have to be open to like trying a few different groups. Like you can't just write it off if you don't really fit with, there's a lot of different groups. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. What steps did you take during your early recovery phase? Because it's hard. Losing weight is really, really difficult. Really. No, actually losing weight is really easy. It's it's science, you know, calories in, calories out, calories deficit, whatever. It's keeping the weight off and turning healthy eating into a lifestyle is what's difficult. I personally don't believe in dieting. I'm an athlete and You know, I've never subscribed to tracking what I eat and macros and stuff because it's a very slippery slope. And, you know, I have friends who compete who I kind of think have some form of eating disorder because of the Mm -hmm. way that their nutrition and their food dictates their lives, the restaurants they go to, what they eat Mm -hmm. when they go on a date and the way they feel if they have a hundred more calories during Mm -hmm. that day or something like that. And I think it becomes like a very slippery slope if you're so engrossed in your calorie intake and food, but it's a difficult balance, definitely. And it's a very personal thing. What you eat is a very, very personal thing and how you eat is a very personal thing. Intermittent fasting is one of those trends that we're seeing a lot now. And I have done intermittent fasting and, you know, a lot of religious people do fasting of some form, but I think that there are also some people who would argue that that's people who are chronic (laughs) or acute, fasters (laughs) do have an eating disorder you know so Mm. it's it's a very interesting topic food and nutrition absolutely and you know it's funny because the weight loss conversation and the binge eating conversation they naturally kind of segue into each other you know but what i find is that like one of the biggest mistakes that people make when trying to overcome binge eating is trying to solve a binge eating problem with a weight loss solution Right. And they're really two different issues. Weight often important to people who struggle with binge eating. 
And it's not something that, like, I think some people say, oh, you need to just like, let go of that completely. That's actually not what I would say at all. (laughs) I think it's totally healthy and normal to want to be at a healthy weight or even an ideal weight, even for your aesthetic purposes, like as long as it's done for you and not someone else. But that is a huge mistake to think that you're going to solve binge eating with a weight loss solution. Now, if you solve your binge eating problem, weight loss almost always follows that. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, if you're overweight, there's a whole different side of that coin with anorexia that, you know, but what I did was I started off with just, and you know, you mentioned that you don't subscribe to dieting. That's how I started. You know, I had gotten to a point where I was like, I am so sick of this. I'm so sick of dieting and it's not working. I keep like, I'll lose weight and then I'll gain more every time I stop. So I was like, it'll be insane to repeat this cycle over and over again. I just keep adding more weight. So I'm just going to stop and I'm going to be a person who can eat whatever I want and lose weight. And when I made that decision, I didn't realize how powerful that decision was because all of a sudden the universe opened up and like sent me all these solutions Mm. and it turned out to be so simple like all I started doing all I did was I learned how to cook (laughs) yeah yeah and that changed everything you know it sent me down the path that I needed to go I do think that sometimes though, especially when you're coming from a very stressful job and you know takeaways become like your norm I have lots of friends who are like, you know, in professions like law and doctors or investment bankers. And it's just their everyday. It's just takeout, yeah. takeout. Take yeah. It's just they don't have the time to cook. So was that something that having your own thing and becoming self-employed, I guess, did that help with the time management and being free to actually, you know, fall in love with cooking and stuff like that? It's funny you say that because do you know that I work more hours now than I did when I worked a nine yeah. to five? <laughs> so I think it's, Again, taking ownership of this thing, it's all in how you think about things. It's all in how you think about things. When we say, I don't have the time, that's a story. Yeah. I can tell you from personal experience, that is a story because it's a story that I had for many years. And then I learned that it really wasn't true. That was just a story. You know, when something's important to us, we find the time. Okay, great. So let's talk a bit more about this whole journey of overcoming binge eating. And and it's an everyday thing. I'm supposed that, you know, you're still kind of dealing with it. You still get urges. So what kind of things have helped you practically to deal with it Mm -hmm. on a daily basis? Sure. There's two things that I would say. Number one is recovery is an event. At least that was my experience, that it was an event. There was a process that led to the event, but then there was an event where all of a sudden I just did not want to binge anymore. I became a person who no longer wanted to binge. I can tell you that that was January 19th, 2019, when I had this experience where all of a sudden I was just a person who didn't want to binge anymore. And so to your other point, like, do you still get urges? I do occasionally get urges, but they are few and far between. It's not a daily struggle anymore, actually. Amazing. Yeah. And I think like, I want anyone who might be struggling with binge eating to know that because that's something that I thought, I thought I would have to struggle with it for the rest of my life. But it turns out you can actually rewire your brain. And those urges mean something different when that rewiring happens. 
it no longer means I have to binge. It might mean, oh, you know, maybe I'm hungry. It might mean maybe like I, you know, I need some rest. It just means something different in my life. And a lot of times I go through the same emotions I went through in the past and that it just never occurs to me to pick up food. If I do feel an urge, that's usually the first thing I do is I ask myself, what do I need? <laughs> I mean, it's really that simple, but it did take going through that recovery event to get to that point. It took that mindset shift. It was a whole paradigm shift that happened. And that is a much larger, deeper conversation, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, on a daily basis, I just make sure I take care of my needs. That's the main thing Absolutely. that I do. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people find you? Sure. They can find me on my podcast, the Ending Your Binge Eating Podcast. Also, I have a free gift for your listeners to share Amazing. with you. We like gifts. Um, yeah. <laughs> and they can find that at sinfox.com slash Rashonda Yates. Amazing. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much, Rashonda. This podcast is sponsored by Pauline Malabai Consulting. We are an agency that support visionary CEOs with strategy, coaching, and implementation support. We are their right-hand partners in building and scaling their operations and revenue streams. We give them the space to own their CEO role. If you want to find out more, visit helpmepauline.com and let's continue the conversation. Hey friends, hope you enjoyed this episode of How She Owns It. If you want to be a part of a collective of purpose-driven female visionaries, join our Facebook group, How She Owns It, for insightful conversations, new friendships with fellow CEOs, and tips and tricks to help you in your entrepreneurial journey. Running, building, and scaling a business is hard work, so give yourself credit for owning your definition of success. Now go out and help someone else by subscribing, sharing, and passing this episode on. Give us a review and don't be shy to connect with me on my socials. I can be found at, at CEO Pauline Malabai. See you in the next one.